Welcome to the Adopted Brothers Podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to hear Craig's adoption story. Now here's your hosts, Gerald Beard and Craig Greeno. How you guys doing? This is Gerald. And this is Craig. Before we get into my story, I want to share a verse with you guys that's my favorite verse. It's Joshua 1.9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love this verse because it speaks to my heart about being strong and courageous and not being terrified or discouraged. And being adopted sometimes, I feel that terrifying and discouraged part of the verse where I need to lean on strong and courageous. That's my verse for this episode that I really enjoy. And now I'm going to kind of get into my story. Uh, I was born in 1975 at Fitzsimmons Army Hospital, which is no longer in existence. It was in Aurora, Colorado, but now it's multiple hospitals that are on that campus. Some buildings still are there, but not the main hospital itself. I was adopted in 1976, and I was still a baby. Basically, just a couple months after I was born, I was adopted. But I did go into foster care for just that short period of time, a couple months. don't really remember any of that because, you know, I was just a couple months old. I was raised in Denver, Colorado, and grew up on the same street basically my entire life. was in, When I went to high school, still lived in the same house. The summer between my junior and senior year, we moved six blocks. So still basically the same neighborhood. (laughs) Didn't move across town to a new state. We moved six blocks (laughs) to a different house that actually put me closer to my high school. I grew up an only child. As far as I knew, I was an only child. You know, I didn't have any siblings, no no brothers or sisters. That can be kind of lonely sometimes. Yes. Because when the weather's bad... Your friends that have brothers and sisters, they're in the house playing with them. I'm in there just playing by myself, watching movies by myself, doing things by myself, and it kind of hurts sometimes. It's just all part of being an only child. Um, I went, grew up going to church. I went to a church where you basically, you stood up, you sat down, you kneeled, you stood up, you sat down, you kneeled. There was really no relationship with God in in my life at that time. I went there from the time I was little, little, little kid, like probably toddler, all the way through probably the beginning of junior high. And I just didn't really grasp a relationship with God and what it pertained to. Then I started going to youth group at one of my friend's churches. And in their church, there was a relationship. And I was like, wow, you know, this is what relationship is. I didn't know. I just grew up following the rules, which isn't relationship it's just following rules you know so that was kind of rough to transition to and sometimes i still have a hard time with that should i follow the rules or should i look for that relationship with god and god wants us to have that relationship with him jesus came to fulfill those laws and rules so if you have jesus in your heart those rules and laws are already paid for growing up being young I thought my birth family was like some rich people and I would have fantasies that they were going to just come rolling down the street one day in a limo and say, hey, we're your birth family. We're here to take you. We're millionaires. We have all this money. But that's just a fantasy. It's a little kid's fantasy and it had nothing to do with how I was treated or raised by my adoptive parents. That's just something my brain went to. It was like, oh, my mom and dad are mad at me. My birth parents are coming to get me, which didn't happen and it wasn't a true story it was just something that i was thinking in my head at the time my adoptive parents are great parents they raised me very well they raised me in a christian home with 
Good Morals with Love. Their names are Kent and Linda Greeno. They did amazing with me. Growing up, I also wondered who I was and who did I look like. Being adopted, I, I'm the same color as my adoptive parents, but I'm still different. I look kind of like them. God did an amazing job with that putting me with somebody that looked kind of like me, but they didn't look fully like me. My adoptive mom, Linda, one time said that she and my grandma were talking about a photo, and it was a photo of my dad, and it was a, there was a photo of me. And they were a year apart, but we looked identical. But then as I started getting older, I started looking like nobody in that family. But sometimes they say you start looking like the people you are around. It was just something that I had to come to terms with of who am I? Where did I come from? Who do I look like? What traits do I have that are genetic traits? Because some of your character traits are by environment, but some of them are genetic traits. Yep. Yep. Just trying to figure out those genetic traits and how I became to be who I was. I was told I was adopted probably around the age of five or six, somewhere in there. And at the time, I really didn't think anything of it. I was like, eh, whatever, I'm adopted and it's not that big of a deal. But as I was in kindergarten, or not kindergarten, but elementary school, I kind of blocked it out. But now thinking back on it, there were a few times where I had some friends that kind of made fun of me about being adopted, saying things like, oh, your birth parents must not have loved you, which, you know, that's harmful to people. But my birth parents love me enough to put me up for adoption. So that was was kind of my retort back to them even as a little kid well they love me enough to put me up for adoption you know when they could have chosen something else and I'm glad they didn't choose anything else and I have for years struggled with the fear of rejection and abandonment and that's just crazy sorry I want to stop you but just when you say stuff like that um of, of kids saying that and how it doesn't really affect you but for myself it's just because it's like a seed to seed that starts to grow and then I feel like it just kind of grows into different things and and then as we get older, things start happening and then you kind of figure out, well, you know, you don't know if that's maybe where it started, but that could have been. A, you know, yeah, that, a good that could have of... been. That could have been even where my fear of rejection and yeah, abandonment yeah, started. Yeah, that's what I, was, what I was getting to. Kind of so, yeah. could have started there. To me, growing up, I didn't think too much about it being adopted. I told people, yeah, I'm adopted. And people, for the most part, were like, oh, that's cool. You know, what, did, what does that entail? And I'd tell them, well, it means... My birth family put me up for adoption and my adoptive family adopted me. You know, I adopted by people that love me and wanted to take care of me. The fear of rejection and abandonment, I struggled with that for years. From the time I was little till even just a couple years ago. And I've been married for 25 years. But I still, every once in a while, would have that fear of, oh, my adoptive family is going to abandon me just like my birth family abandoned me. Or my wife is going to abandon me, just like my birth family abandoned me. And it's not true. It's just a lie that the enemy uses against you to kind of make you feel bad about yourself and about your situations. So I've kind of had to go through that struggle for years. And the more I get into God's word and the more I lean on God, the less I feel that abandonment. And growing up, sometimes I would put that abandonment feeling on God as well of, oh, well, God's going to abandon me just like everybody else. Well, God never abandoned me. My adoptive parents have abandoned me. My wife hasn't abandoned me. That fear of abandonment is just a fear. It's not reality for me. How I found my birth family, because I have found my birth family, yes, everybody. It's awesome. But how I found them is one year for Christmas, my mom and dad got me a DNA kit. I was nervous to take the DNA kit. I 
put it off for months and months and months and they kept asking me, hey, have you done the kit yet? Have you done the kit yet? I'd be like, no, I haven't done it yet, but I'll get to it. So I finally did it. We sent it in and a couple months later, I get a response back from the DNA place with, oh, here's your family tree. Here's who people are that are part of your family tree that we have in our system. And one of them was my birth father. That was very emotional for me. When I saw that, I actually broke down in tears and I couldn't talk for a little bit because it was so overwhelming to see that. I actually had my wife reach out through the DNA site to my birth father on my behalf saying, hey, this is who I am. My name is Craig Greeno. I was adopted, born at this time. It took months and months and months to hear back. And when he responded back, he said, nope, sorry, I never had any kids. Good luck finding your birth father. I hope you you find him someday. In my mind, I was like, well, the DNA doesn't lie. It matched me with all these other people. And so I just kind of put it out of my mind. It, It matched me to one family member who said either it's your sibling or very close cousin. And I was like, okay, well, that's probably my sister. But I was scared to message her and find out things. What I did is I got on Facebook and I typed in her name and I saw her. And looking at her pictures, my wife, Anna, and I were kept going back and forth. We're like, man, that looks like you. That looks a lot like you. So I knew that that was probably my sister. Going through all this, it was, it was hard. But then last year in 2022, I got an email from a lady who does family trees and, and she was setting up a family tree for one of my distant cousins. She asked me, hey, if you have any information, I would like to get it from you to help me with this family tree. Well, I reached out to her and I didn't see the message for a couple months. And finally, when I saw it, I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'm sorry, I don't know anything. I'm adopted, so I have no information for you. And her response back to me was, well, I finished that family tree and that cousin was adopted. And if you would like, I would like to do your family tree for you. Awesome. <laughs> my first question was, well, how much does it cost? And her response was nothing. I do this for free because I want to help people reconnect with their birth families if I can. This lady, Annie, who was part of Search Angels, did my family tree and sent me all this information about who my birth mom was, who my sister was, and we were right. This girl who said it was my sister or my cousin is my one of my younger sisters. I also have another sister who's a little bit older, but I'm still the oldest out of all of us by a few years. It did link me to this guy who said he wasn't my birth father. She did the the digging and everything and was like, no, that guy is your birth father. It is right. Wow. It doesn't lie. In a way, that kind of hurt me. Yes. But I'm also working on forgiving him because I don't know his situation. He did try and reach out one time through uh, Facebook Messenger. And when I responded back, I got nothing. Could be like he might have a family. It could be that his new wife doesn't want that interference from me, you know, which I understand. Yeah, They have a life and good for them. More power to them. And I wish them both well. And I do. I pray for them on a regular basis. And I pray for myself to have that forgiving heart for that. Amen. I'm 47 now. And... I met my birth mom for the first time on my 47th birthday. That was very nerve-wracking and trying time for me because I was like, well, I don't know what she's going to think of me. I don't know how I'm going to think of her. I'm trying to go through this with an open mind. And it was very stressful. But when we met, it was amazing. And I did send her a letter before we met saying, hey, I just want to let you know, I did this DNA test. It says I am your son. And if you want to meet me, great. And if not, I totally understand. And she resent a letter back. You know, of course, the day you said I sent the letter, I'm like, okay, when is she going to respond? 
phone. Yeah. So I was like, every day I'm like, I want to go check the mail. Yeah. I need to check the mail. Yeah. Well, it doesn't work like that. You know, you got to give us some time to get to her where she's at and for her to read it and kind of process everything. Yep. She did. And she sent me a letter back and said that she's been praying for me since the day basically I was born. Every year on my birthday, she would pray for me. Different times, she would just pray for me. It was a very hard time for her too to give me up for adoption, but she did what she thought was best. So we met on my birthday and we talked and saw pictures and talked for, I think like three, four hours at a restaurant just because we wanted to meet in a public place where it wasn't as awkward as meeting somewhere at somebody's house. If you haven't met your adoptive parents, meet them in a public place. So that kind of gives you more security for yourself and for them. Yes. We talked for a few hours and got to hear some of my story of how my birth father was in the military. She was in the military and they were getting a divorce. And a lot of times that's what happens when somebody that's pregnant gets a divorce or isn't married to somebody they will put their child up for adoption to give them that chance of having two parents in the same home, a more stable environment. And I thank her for that. And I told her when I talked to her on the phone for the first time, one of the first things I said was, thank you. Thank you for choosing life. Thank you for putting me up for adoption. Her response was, you're welcome. No other response was in my mind. Adoption was the only thing that I could do besides keeping you. And she goes, I knew I couldn't keep you and raise you by myself. It was too much for me. And I understand that. It's hard for single parents to raise children. And she did get remarried a few years after I was born. And that's how I have two sisters. One of the things that I don't like is the term half siblings or step siblings. To me, there's no half or step. It's all or none. My sisters are my sisters. That's it. One of them lives in another state and I haven't met, but I've talked to her a few times through texts and messages. And I have a sister that lives here in Colorado and we've met a couple times and we've talked and kind of gotten to know each other. We want to get together more and know each other. People's lives are busy. It's just trying to find that time to meet with my sister, my adoptive mom and dad, my birth mom. So it's just trying to balance everything. And it's, it's taken a while to try and find that balance. Eventually, I'm hoping to get that balance and even my adoptive my adoptive mom and dad have actually met with my birth mom and my one of my birth aunts that's awesome we met at christmas at our church again another safe space yes for people to meet kind of talk and get to know each other a little bit it was it was good and i enjoyed seeing them interact kind of get to know each other and get to know me too get to know the other side of me for my adoptive parents getting to see some of the traits that i have and where they came from and for my birth mom to see some of the traits that i have and where they came from so that was you know (laughs) it's the big picture instead of that small little looking through that microscope picture it's looking at that huge picture dealing with all the emotions that go along with not just being adopted but with finding your birth family you find your birth family and then you don't know what to do it's like well, now I feel kind of the same still, even though I've met them. So it's just a matter of taking time and working through all these feelings and emotions. Like still that little bit of feeling of fear, knowing my birth mom and is she going to like me for who I am? But in all actuality, she's still my mom. When we met, we hugged and she wouldn't let go of my arm the entire time. The first time we met, it was just sitting there and she just held onto my arm and talked and it was a good discussion and a good time. That's just a little bit of my story, everybody. And 
Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't want to get into too much detail about the emotions and stuff because yes. we want to get into those in further episodes and get really deep into those emotions. So I hope you guys have a great day. I just want to pray for everybody. Lord, I just want to thank you for the healing you're doing in me. Thank you for the courage you've given me to share my story. Let it help others to be able to tell their stories as well. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah, thanks, guys. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us at the Adopted Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like this podcast, please rate, share, and subscribe.